Matthew chapter 6. So uh, we are walking through the Lord's Prayer, those of you that have been here. And today we come to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is in verse 11. And uh, so it's a shift that brings about some questions for us to go. So we're going to be talking today about daily dependence, trusting God for our daily bread. And as we get started with this, uh, I'd like for us just to recite together. And just because it's so much part of our DNA as a culture and things like that, we're going to recite from the King James Version, the Lord's Prayer. And so we'll put that up on the screen if you don't know it already. And so let's, let's recite that aloud together. Here we go. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask, Lord, you would use broken vessels Lord, I know I am nothing, no one, and Lord, we just boast in that and ask that you would in some way use uh, this explanation of this phrase in your prayer to build your people, to grow your church, to glorify yourself, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, when we come to this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, verse 11 here of Matthew chapter 6. It's kind of a a little bit strange. I mean, and sometimes we're so used to what's going on in the Lord's Prayer as we say it that the the shift in ideas um, can, can almost go unnoticed. But we've seen some wonderful things collectively about, uh, about God in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, that he's our collective father, our father. We've talked about these huge ideas about kingdom and this already not yet tension and the dominion of God and this end times idea and over all creation. And we kind of went real big there. And this our father who is in heaven and this idea of transcendence and omnipotence of God and these huge ideas. And talking about the glory and the value of God and that being the ultimate, uh, speaking of his sovereignty and this big pun intended because of end game um, that's, that God has had planned and his kingdom come and his willing will being done, this grand story. And each of these teach us about God. And then when we come to verse 11, there's almost this strange shift. Give us this day our daily bread. We're like, wait, we've just been talking about God's kingdom, God's glory, will being done on earth as it is in heaven, and now we're worried about our next meal. Does that seem like kind of an odd thing? Now, to back up, um, the, the Lord's Prayer has, four, has six petitions in it, okay? So, and, and three of them are uh, relating to God. Uh, the first three, now God, his kingdom, his will. And then the latter three uh, deal with ourselves and our relationship with others. Um, and that's actually following the parallel of the Ten Commandments, of so the first five commandments and the second five commandments. But what I think this does, because there's that kind of like, whoa, we were just talking about God, his kingdom, his will, his transcendence, his sovereignty, and then boom, our daily bread, next meal. I think this kind of highlights for us, the fact that that even might seem strange for us, highlights for us this uh, struggle we have to connect 
the great and big long-term things of God with our short-term daily dependence. Um, At least that's the case for me. I was listening to music while running the other day, and it kind of reminded us on, like, wait, I'm willing to bank all of eternity and trust God in, you know, these huge things. But then when it comes to, like, a decision for last week or this week or tomorrow, you're kind of like, oh, no, and you're all worried, and is this going to happen? Is that going to work out? And you're like, wait, from the, if I'm willing to trust him in this huge thing of my soul, uh, so much of a, a little thing should be nothing. And so it's kind of show that, that kind of, if you've had similar experiences like that, uh, to, that like I have, it shows that disconnect, that, con- that fallen condition focus of this, that we see these great things of God and struggle to connect that with the short-term daily things of God. And so the big idea that I want to point out from this about give us a day our daily bread is that we must be dependent upon God every day. I mean, that, and that's what I want you to get. So if you're going to plan on falling asleep, jot that down and snooze. You need to be dependent upon God for everything. And so... This, ver- this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, brings up some basic questions. And um, I'm going to use two of those, uh, three of those questions to kind of guide our discussion tonight, today. Well, it's a, no, no, we won't be here after PM, hopefully. Um, I don't know why I said tonight. Anyway, um, to guide our discussion. So the first one is this, is this. What kind of things does God want us to pray for? Uh, there's some other things. Uh, one, the next question we'll see is how often should we pray? And then why do I need bread daily? Why do I need to do this every day? Why do I need to get hungry? That's our, that's our outline for today. So so things like what what kind of things does God want me to pray for? I mean, remember the Lord's Prayer is to teach us how to pray, what to pray, what to pray for, what not to pray for, um, what prayer is, what it's not. How How often should we pray? Here's another one that comes up as as we get into this first point is is God really only concerned about spiritual things or and what's my position towards God and that's really where we're going now if if this shift in the Lord's prayer um seems odd to us uh, that that that's because we don't really know God and I want to give some other examples of how God is like this so so the Lord's prayer Jesus goes from these huge ideas of the Lord's kingdom and his will being done on earth as is in heaven, and then goes to give us this day our daily bread. So from a big thing to what we consider a simple little thing. But that's how life often is, is that in the midst of these big idea things, there's basic next steps to take, or basic next things that happen. And our Christian life influences both of them. And so, for instance, Jesus, he's here talking about kingdom and then daily bread. He is, on the, he is preparing to be betrayed by, his, by, by Judas and then in the garden. And the meal before that, as they gather, he's the one who takes care of washing the disciples' feet. He's on the cross fulfilling redemption, offering the propitiation of the, the propitiating the wrath of God, offering this atonement on the cross. He's there in the midst of this as God the Father is turning his back on him and placing all the sin upon us. And in the midst of all that, he looks at John and says, Behold the woman, Mary. 
that he's concerned about the welfare of his mother being taken care of and John and her, th- th- these family things, what we would consider as little things uh, as he's in the midst of this big thing. Uh, the resurrection, huge deal, you know, changing everything in the Christian world and everything. And after the resurrection, one of the first things Jesus does when he greets the disciples is there at the Sea of Galilee. He's preparing breakfast. Uh, so this, you see this, this theme in the life of Jesus and in this prayer of big things, little things, all part of God's plan. And I think there's a lesson there, an example for us in that, but that's not the scope of what we want to go after this morning. So this first question is, what kind of things does God want us to pray for? And it's right there. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Now that word daily and bread actually is, there's a lot of controversy reading about this and more than I wanted to read and uh, about how that ought to be translated. And just to go ahead and tip my cards, I, it was William Tyndale who... Um, uh, the, the, the first English translation and probably about 80% of the Tyndale translation showed up in the King James Version and in the ESV. That's kind of in that Tyndale line as well. And he uh, went with that daily bread. And I th- I really think that's that's a very good and where we're at and how it needs to stay. Um, and one of the things, reasons I think people struggle with that is because it seems odd that we're talking about God and his kingdom and his will and these big ideas. So that's more of like, you know, annual food, right? That's like food forever. So why is it just talking about, and so we automatically think though there has to be a deeper or or more spiritual meaning, right? Um, And actually, historically, that happened. A lot of church fathers, even like to Augustine, Augustine would say they spiritualized it or kind of allegorized daily bread to, to mean something else. This was like the end times, marriage supper of the lamb, give us this day our daily bread. Or it was ultimate fulfillment of that or something like that. But I really think it is just getting back to our basic needs for each day. Now, it is bread, and um, it's, the word is bread, but I think it refers to more than that, meaning our basic necessities. And we do the same thing. For instance, even in, in, in our culture and even today, and this has been a phrase used for centuries, the, if there is a family and there's one member of the family that's the primary wage earner, meaning they earn the money that provides the needs and sustenance for the family, we use the phrase, they are the breadwinner. Exactly. We call, and now they're not only winning bread. Sometimes it's bacon. You bring home the bacon, right? And, but, but we use that phrase because we refer to bread referring to our basic necessities. Um, and there is something about bread. I mean, I've, I've read some things this week that there are some uh, studies in some of these you know, places where there's like terrible hunger and where there's like refugees, and especially with children in orphanages, and that they feel no sense of comfort and security. And, and a simple way to help the kids go to sleep and feel comfort was to give them a piece of bread at night. Whether they ate it or not, but there was something about having bread. And, it, and it's kind of funny, even when, when you have nothing in your house, right? And you have no food and you're not sure what to do. As long as there's like part of a loaf of bread and maybe some PB&J, you, you, there's a sense of, hey, we can survive this. I mean, what's the first thing people buy when, the, when it's going to snow, Right? We go out and buy loaves of bread because there's something there about bread that feels, I mean, and there's a reason why carbs are part of our comfort food, right? We, we just want that, you know? Um, we want the bread. 
And so um, I, I think it refers to our basic needs. So um, the basic provisions. Now, so he says, give us this day our daily bread. So this is our basic needs, our basic provisions. Now notice it's not our wants, you know, um, what we want. So uh, have you ever thought about, this is, this is really weird, thinking about thinking, um, thought about how much you think about food in a day. I mean, you think about that. Every time we do anything, we, if we plan our day, we plan around the meals. And if we don't know something about the meals involved in that, that thing, um, you know, it's, it, we're really confused. We don't feel prepared yet. I mean, if you're going on a family vacation, it's packing things. You're planning on where you're going to go or things like that. You know, when we go on vacation as a family, that's, that's how we'll think. We're going to get there, then we're going to go to this grocery store and get the stuff for the week, and here's what we need, and we're going to plan you know, we got a kind of a meal plan for the week. And that's how you kind of prepare. Because we, I mean, part of our just dependence and functioning is thinking about our food. I was reminded of that when we have uh, things here at the school. If there's a special event or a program, I mean, the first thing that if we say, hey, we're going to have this going on next month on Thursday morning. One of the first things I know that the teachers are going to respond to, what are we going to do about the snack schedule? I mean, because that is the all-important thing about that you make sure those little boys have their snack at the exact time they're supposed to have their snack, and you know what they turn into if they are not fed at that time, right? So, I mean, and so this is an important thing. And so we, um, we give a lot of uh, activity to preparation and eating. Um, and, and that's just part of who we are as humans. And so there's some principles this. Give us this day our daily bread. So that God wants us to pray for the necessities of life. And so don't be embarrassed about praying for the necessities of life. You shouldn't be embarrassed about praying for that. God is telling us to do that. Um, It also tells us something about God and about the nature of the Christian life. And that is... um, that it's not an ascetic life. It's not, this asceticism, this idea of separating or nirvana or separating the spirit from the body. Um, and you see this in lots of different religions, including Christianity, is not the way Jesus has this in mind. In fact, Paul even spoke against this in First Timothy about those that are out there forbidding marrying and forbidding foods. Um, and we're not to be part of that, that type of teaching. And said, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so, um, so there's some principles there that, uh, that God is concerned about the physical, that we shouldn't be embarrassed about asking for the necessities of life, and that God is not calling us to a life of asceticism. It's also a reminder to us that hunger is a need. It's something that happens universally. I mean, by that I mean every, all people. I mean, no matter who you are, no matter what, how much melanin is in your skin, or no matter what nationality or language you speak, you get hungry. And, and we have different things that we want. Hunger is a universal thing. Um, and um, it's the fact that we have food is a sign for us that God provides for us. It also reminds us that all people everywhere are dependent, that we can't just function on our own, you know? I mean, you might say, I, well, I've, I've, I have, you know, a strong will and free will. I can not eat. I can make myself not eat. Well, yeah, but that only lasts for so many days, and then 
you know, there's a big consequences if you don't. I mean, you can choose not to eat, but you're choosing the alternative either. Um, so there is a, there's a, so there's also, this shows us that hunger or when there's a scarcity of food, when there's a lack of food, it does happen. Um, and I'm not just talking about hungry because, you know, you're trying to do calorie depletion and lose weight or whatnot. I'm talking about, you know, we, we tend to be, you know, and, and, and thankfully that we, that, you know, it's a, it's a problem, but it's also a wonderful blessing of God that we don't think about hunger in the way some places in the world think about hunger. That um, that's probably not the biggest worry of whether your grandkids were going to eat today, your kids were going to eat today or not. Um, that wasn't, I mean, your problem is where you're going to go get that food or what you're going to get and um, how much of it you're going to eat and whether it's going to fit into your budget or um, diet or or tastes or whether the line's going to be long or not. And that's, it's sad. I mean, it's, it's a good thing that that's what we have to worry about because it's there, but that there is a lot of places in the world and even in our own country where there is terrible hunger going on. Um, and I mean, there's often reasons for that. I mean, but one of the, I mean, the fact that there is hunger in the world, um, and that there's indifferences in the food system of the world is, is, is ultimately because of the fall. Um, but also there's a lot of human, I mean, there's human things involved that are all parts of the fall, but I mean, politics, politically in different nation groups and how governments are set up is one of the biggest causes of hunger around the world. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I think you guys know me well enough to not call me a social gospel guy, but like um, world hunger should be a Christian's concern. I mean, when we have a VBS like last summer and we do things for Children's Hunger Fund and things like that, that shouldn't be like, oh, we're just making people have full bellies on their way to hell. No, 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 no. This is a concern. I mean, Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread. I mean, this is a concern. I mean, and people, I mean, uh, the, the, when when someone's very, very hungry, the, the ears often aren't hearing or listening to anything else. I mean, this is a way to uh, reach this is a human thing that Christians ought to be concerned about world hunger. It ought to, they ought to be the Christians that are concerned about kids in our community not eating and, um, and, and finding legitimate ways to help with those type of things. So uh, what kind of things should we pray for? Our needs, our daily bread. How often should we pray? Well, it's in the word there, daily. That's the second question. For, now that word daily, it could mean for the day forthcoming or for this particular day uh, for the day in question or for the forthcoming day maybe tomorrow um, whichever way you want to split that it's not about our our annual bread it's about our daily bread and this can be very convicting to us because I dare say there are many of us that there have been days this past week that there was not prayer involved I mean there might have been a, a formal acknowledging something before a meal or something like that but what I mean is our prayers often aren't daily. And so we, how often should we be praying? Because it is a reminder to us that it's a daily need. Um, and we need it every day. And it also reminds us that our God's plan for us, especially anyone in this room that struggles with some type of anxiety or worrying or whatnot, that God, several passages that come to mind point to us focusing on um, right now and not long term, you know, sufficient to the 
day is the evil thereof, that we're to take care of today's problems today and trust God for the future and leave those to the Lord and cast those anxieties on the Lord. And those are important things, and it's a daily uh, prayer. And then the third question I'm going to look at this morning is this. Why do we need bread? And why do we need bread every day? Why? And this is really where I'm kind of getting at the main thrust of the message this morning. Why do we need bread and why do we need it every day? And the reason is that we are dependent by design. God has made us dependent upon him by design. Uh, we, we, we talked earlier that we think about food all the time. Because we know we can only go so far without it. I mean, the same people that will eat and say, oh, I'm so stuffed, I never want to eat again, are the same people about 11 o'clock at night opening the refrigerator and grabbing the Miracle Whip, right? Um, and, and, and the leftovers and making a sandwich or something like that. Because we know that we, there's something there. And... Um, you know, uh, we'll, I need thee every hour, uh, the hymn, or day by day, and with each passing moment. Those are reminders that we need God all the time. And so our hunger, someone said, serves us as a reminder of this truth every day. So every time you get hungry, um, which the fact that I'm talking about it right now, you're all going to start getting hungry. Um, and the, every, time we, we, every time we are hungry, it's a reminder to us every day that we are dependent on someone. Um, Food, Albert Moeller said it this way, food rightly received functions as a constant reminder of the greatness of God and our need for his goodness and provision. Uh, So it's a a reminder to us, a consistent reminder. And so we are dependent. We're dependent upon God. Um, And that dependence upon God should be most clear to God's people. As Christians and God's people, Israel in the Old Testament, uh, we read in a scripture reading this morning the, the example of how God forced them to be dependent upon God for their daily bread, at least six days a week. And that was with the manna in the wilderness. Um, the, the, the manna, what is it? We don't, I'm not sure what it is, right? It's some, uh, it seems to be something like honey and something like bread. So um, in my scholarly research, I think it was a glazed Krispy Kreme donut. Um, or something like, I'm just joking, don't quote me on that, but it sounds like, you know, it's honeyish and it's breadish, so there you go, hot and ready every morning, right? Um, and so uh, you Dunkin' Donuts fans can just get over it. Um, and so, uh, th- so they, had th- they had this reminder that it was every day, and what happened if they tried to get extra? It spoiled. Uh, God wanted to remind them it wasn't a storehouse of manna, it was a daily need, and then they had the extra on, on Friday, so they'd have it for the Sabbath. And so um, this reminds us of our dependence on God for our daily needs, that we are creatures and needy, and God is our provider. I mean, there's really no such thing as this self-made man. We're all dependent on something and someone. Children are dependent on their parents, um, and, and, and moms kind of love that, right? Um, I mean, to some extent, at some point you want them to be self-sufficient, but you love that they need their cuddles and need their things. And I would say to us, don't be so grown up that you're not declaring your dependence on your father. Um, we began the Christian life in dependence on God. We live the Christian life in dependence on God. This is our human condition. God has made us dependent. And, um, 
And so anything, any change that's going to help us grow is going to be taking us away from our own autonomy to making us more dependent upon God, on his gospel, on his work in our lives. As he said in Psalm 100, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Um, so we can, humans can create a lot of things. We can create houses, space shuttles, manufacture things, but none of us are self-creating. None of us are self-sustaining. We are all dependent on God. And our problem is that we think we're not. Um, I've told a story in some of our classes here about the little boy that, you know, saved up and he wanted to buy a bike. And so he goes to Walmart or Toys R Us or wherever you go to buy bikes. And he, um, and he, and he goes to buy the bike and um, he, had, he had saved up like five bucks. And he thought he didn't understand the economics of it. And it was a $100 bicycle. And so he, he flops the $5 down. The uh, dad kind of looks at the cashier and smiles. And she kind of takes the $5. And then the dad takes out his checkbook and writes the check for $95. And the little boy walks out of the store thinking and saying, I bought this bike with my own money. And dad just kind of goes to the car with a little smile and a little smirk. And one day he'll understand, right? And we've all been there, and we know that, but we're all like that little boy, aren't we? Oh, I did this, and I did that, and I passed this, and I worked hard for this, and you're not realizing that the Father has been supplying the rest of the money all along, and we are dependent upon Him. And there's so many illustrations in the Bible of, of humans that got so far beyond this. Nebuchadnezzar is a great example. He's this self-sufficiency, and look at me, and things like this, and we... um. We need to be dependent upon God. This is the change that we need is to recognize this. Um, and God's going to humble us. He's gonna, he, if you're going through tough stuff in life, one of the things God uses trials in our lives for is to teach us dependence upon him. So he's going to bring us through things. And so maybe, so rather than praying and saying, God, get me out of this, whatever I'm going through, think about how he might be trying to teach you through it. I'm not saying not to pray for, uh, to be out of it, but, you know, he is going to give us problems we can't handle to expose how helpless we are. I mean, there's, um, you know, an example in the Old Testament of this great king, Naaman, who could handle everything, but then he's struck with leprosy. And then he's told to go dip seven times in this river, and not the nice river, but the dirtier di- river. And he has to exercise some humility and dependence that, all right, God, I can't handle this. I've got to depend upon you. Uh, he might give us a command to obey that we don't want to obey. I mean, we all, there, are, there are things in the Bible none of us like, right? And we don't want to obey those things. Um, and when we're in that position is when we know, oh, I need God. God, I don't want to obey in this. I don't want to pay. I don't want to honestly fill this form out that I know is going to cost me a lot more money in taxes. Um, but you know the command he's told you to obey. Um, an example of that might be Jonah. Jonah is told to go to this particular city, to Nineveh. He doesn't want to go there. He knows how they've treated his people and his ancestors. He knows what that city's like, and he knows God's disposition, and he doesn't want to do it. And so he runs from God, and God brought him through uh, trials. He took him through uh, the whale or the great fish, right? Um, And then he learned his lesson. And at the end of that quiz, 
You get a, uh, a, a sticker on your quiz if you did well. Jonah got a blubber sticker um, that he did well and learned his lesson, right? Ha, ha, ha. Um, so he, and then he goes and he goes and preaches to Nineveh. Um, God might arrange the outcome of something that's out of your control to show you how sinful you are. David comes to mind. He's trying to arrange this. He sins with Bathsheba. He tries to uh, turn things around with, um, with her husband, and it, but he still gets caught. And Nathaniel says, thou art the man. And God does those things to show us we're dependent upon God. Um, God shows us we can't comprehend. We can't understand him. We need to be dependent upon him. And this is a huge lesson of this. We are to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are to be dependent upon God. So are you dependent upon God? Are you really? And I want to challenge you today. God delights in hearing us give regular and persistent prayer. So right here in the, in the context of the, Lord's prayer, of the Sermon on the Mount, where the Lord's Prayer is, you're in chapter 6, right over in verse seven, uh, chapter 7, in verse 9, it says this. He says, For which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to hear us give those regular and persistent prayers to him. He cares about our bodies. We can pray about our bodies. Give us our daily need. Um, and we are to depend on God daily, one day at a time. So do you have anxiety today? Trust God for it today. Do you have worries? Worry about today, what your goals are for today, how you can please God today, how can you respond to him today. I'm worried about how my kids are going to turn out. Worry about how you parent them today. I'm worried about my marriage down the road. Worry about how you interact with it today. And focus on the daily bread. So God... The other, and one other thing that I want is just to not skip words, because every word counts, and every word of the Lord's Prayer is deliberate. deliberate. It says, give us. And I don't think that's just, well, he started with prayer with the word us, our Father, in a plural, so we have to use a plural here. No. I think this shows, when it says, give us this day our daily bread, that our call as followers of Jesus is not just to pray for our daily bread, because we are included in the hour, our personal or our family, but to also be concerned about the daily bread of others around us, specifically within our church family and within our human family. I think there's an application there for us. And so, um, give us this day our daily bread. It teaches us many things, uh, how what we should pray for, um, what kind of things God should, would want us to pray for and how often we ought to pray for and reminds us that we are dependent upon him, reminds us that we need him. But then I want to make one final point. Daily bread. We all know we're, we, if you had breakfast this morning, it's you know 1140 now. You're probably starting to feel that I've got another meal coming up here, right? Uh, and you're probably starting to think about it and you're like, yeah, quit talking, hurry up. Um, and, and we know that that's going to be a regular thing, that we're going to get hungry again, and then we're going to get hungry again, and then we're going to eat again, and then we're going to get hungry again. 
daily bread we know is not going to keep us full and alive for long. There's an ongoing need for it. And we also recognize that daily bread, no matter how much we have, and even if you had that lifetime subscription to some meal planning service, at some point, that daily bread's not going to keep you alive forever. Right? And this is where I'd like for us to turn to the book of John, chapter 6. Because there's a greater need that we have, that we need something even more than daily bread. And the whole part of being a part of a relationship with Christ points us, and he uses the imagery of being invited to a meal. So John chapter 6, beginning in verse 26, it says, Jesus answered them, he said, Truly I say unto you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you were filled with the loaves. This is those that had been fed by the 5,000. And so he says in verse 27, let's take note of it. Do not work or labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. And then if you'd skip down to verse 32, he says, Truly I say to you, it, what, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And, they, and I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will in no wise cast out. I'll never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. But raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then skip down to verse 58, if you would. Jesus says, This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And so there's this tension, just like we pray your will be done on heaven in heaven is on earth is in heaven, that we are to be praying for our daily bread and dependent upon God for it, but also recognizing that that daily bread's not going to keep us alive for long, and it's for sure not going to keep us alive forever. And so we need a deeper bread than daily bread. We need the bread of life, and that only comes through having a relationship with Christ and being saved. And so church, be dependent upon Christ today for our daily bread. And if you are here and don't know Christ, you need something much more than daily bread. You need the bread of life. You need Christ. Let's pray together.